Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The Steelers offensive line entered the season as their biggest question mark. Everybody mm-hmm. thought it would be the team's ultimate undoing. No one really expected the team to be great to have an undoing, but the thing that was going to keep them back the most was that offensive line. That hasn't been the case. The line no. has gotten better every single week. Sure, there's some guys on that line that you look at like, Dan Moore Jr. and say, maybe you're not a tackle. Maybe you need to be a guard. Maybe you need to be a swing tackle. There are guys like James Daniels and Chuksakorfor that you look at and say, you know what? I don't have that right side of the line. I think we got something there for the foreseeable future. And as a unit in general, they've been gelling and they've been getting better every week. And they've been staying healthy, too. That's Mm -hmm. the big key. They've been a very healthy unit. Now they face what might be their stiffest test all year. The second leading rushing defense yeah. in the NFL by the Baltimore Ravens and a team that sacks the quarterback 37 times. They have been a key component into the Steelers finding their offensive identity of recently with running the football and running it effectively. They are pushing bodies off the line. I am incredibly intrigued to see if that trend continues against Baltimore or if they run into their stiffest competition and you kind of see some regression. Do you recall, would you call it regression if that Baltimore run defense has a big day? Like, when for the Steelers to have the worst offensive line in football last year and have a vastly improved unit this year and then go up against one of the more elite run defenses in the league and kind of lose that battle, would you really call it a regression? No. Or just a, no. a bad day against a good unit? Probably just a bad day against a good unit, but I just I want to see a good day against a good unit. Yeah, of like, course. I wanna... That's a that's always a that's your test, right? That... I mean, this is the test for the for the Steelers' offensive line, and I I wouldn't be wildly disappointed if or yeah I wouldn't be wildly disappointed if the Ravens get to Kenny Pickett, force a lot of pressure on him, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and, or even Anthony McFarlane and Danny Snell don't have a lot of rushing yards. Like, right, like, they've been averaging close to 150 yards each of the last, what, four, or over the last four games, something like that. And if they don't even cl- eclipse 100, yeah, you'll be upset, but you'll you'll know why, right? You'll it's, know why. And it's not, and I don't know if I would necessarily 
fault the offensive line. I don't know if I would either. It would just be that they're better than you are. Yeah, And right. that's okay, especially when you're growing as a young team and as a young offensive line. But I think that the key to the Steelers being 3-1 and one post by, I think the key to Kenny Pickett having the game come a little bit easier to him, not throw any real interceptable passes, has been the reliance of that running attack. And I, I said yesterday hosting Mark's show to Jerry, are they a run-heavy offense? And he wouldn't go as far as to say they're run-heavy, but the emphasis is starting to be placed on running that rock more and more. And... Lo and behold, it opens up pretty much everything else for your offense, something that we've been pounding the table for all year long. And, Jacob, we didn't see this much. Mm-mm. And we haven't seen it in a lot past three, four years. But I saw an under-the-center play-action pass from Kenny Pickett against the Falcons, and it didn't end up going for anything. I think they missed on it. But I want to see more play-action, especially now that you are establishing the running game and your running attack has been really good. I I wouldn't hate early in this game, put everything in tight. One receiver out wide is George Pickens. Fullbacks there. You got big jumbo beefy six linemen up front. Hard play action. Ravens sell out to stop the run and go one-on-one deep down the field to George Pickens early in the game. Because I think the Ravens are going to come in with a game plan like, we're the best at stopping the run, but I think the Steelers have started to find something running the football. I don't think they're just going to you know throw their hands up in the air and say, ah! Can't run the ball today. Let's throw it 70 times. They're going to try to establish the run early. So I'd try to maybe bait them into that a little bit. Just give me some play action. Now that you have the running game going, give me that play action. To that point, Tom, we just talked about how this is the test, right? The litmus test for the Steelers' offensive line. Is this also a big test for Matt Canada? I hope, and I hope he passes it, but... That's a whole different topic of discussion. It is. Is is the offense in Canada getting better? You were kind of getting to that conclusion. But you were talking about play calling and and thinking that, oh, well, the Ravens aren't going to assume that the Steelers will just look at the Ravens and say, oh, well, they're a really good run defense, so we're not going to run the ball at all and we're just going to pass, pass, pass. Here's the dirty little secret. That's what you were trying. That's where you were getting at. Here's the dirty little secret. Uh huh. Everybody's been getting better on that offensive side of the ball, especially post by including the play caller. And I think that scares a lot of people and people kind it of scares a lot people, of people kind of ignore that aspect of it because they don't want to give him any credit because they still want this guy canned at the end of the year and I think he might still be looking for another job at the end of the year, but that being said, the offense is getting better, Pickett's improving, the running game improved. They're starting to get Deontay more involved when it was so clear they needed to. It's impossible not to say he's improving as well. Or he's at least doing a little better. I mean, Matt Williamson even said he thinks that the offense is getting less predictable as the season goes on. So it could be a case of too little, too late. You know, you can't really learn on the fly at this level. That's something that you do in college. You're supposed to be polished once you get to this point. And I think Canada's doing a lot of learning on the fly right now. Mm-hmm. But he is getting better. And I worry that you see a little bit more improvement week to week and they score more points. And Could that, lead to a little more and job that security. second half offense yeah. starts to come along now as it's slowly getting better in the second half. Yeah, it's not a given that he might be on the way out. And and frankly, should he be? I mean, that that's a debate that you can have because you want continuity with your young quarterback. That's that's huge in this game. You don't want a revolving door of coaches trying to, to develop Kenny. No, we've seen that harm a lot of quarterbacks in the league in recent years, especially two time when the rest of the team is so young, right? The rest of the guys are looking for leadership, for looking for a guy that they can 
they can put their confidence in to make the right call, right? It's not just Kenny, right? Najee's going to want that guy to make sure that when he has the hot hand or when when they're when the opportunity to run the ball is there, that he's going to give Najee the op- opportunity or Pat or Deontay or Pickens. It's it's it doesn't just end with Kenny. It's for the entire offense, and it. it you talk about continuity, right? I mean, the offensive line, sure, it's it's important for them, but for the entire offense, too, to have someone, to have a figure like that be there for more than a year, right, when they're all playing together. This is the first year that all these guys, Pat and Najee and Pickens and Deontay and Kenny are all playing together, and to have only, you know, and the second year already adjust to a new play color will probably be a test. A test of their own. It will be a test for sure. Uh, but I still would run the ball. Like, just went on that whole rant about play action. Give me some play action. Uh-huh. I'd still run the ball against this team. I wouldn't shy away from them being the number two rush defense. That's their identity on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Your identity on the offensive side of the ball that you're starting to establish is that you can run the rock. Mm-hmm. So you can't shy away from superior opponents in that aspect just because you don't trust yourself yet. You you kind of have to have blind faith in your running attack and and you have to say, "Hey, I know that the Ravens are great at stopping the run, but we are a running offense." Second half of the season, it has been the running game that has really helped us get to this 3 and mm-hmm. 1 record. You can't just shy away from what you've been doing great because the other team does that same thing great on the other side of the ball. It, you got to try to – it's a test point. It's a measuring stick. Just how good are you at running the football? Have you played some soft run defenses, or did you really start to figure things out? So I know you're looking at the game plan and you're saying, oh, man, they don't – no real reason to run against them. They're so good against it. You kind of have to look at yourself first. And, you know, I I think coaches need to adjust and they need to, you know, tailor game plans towards specific opponents, but – I also believe in the old Chuck Knoll saying and philosophy where, you know, we're just going to do what we do, and even if you know we're going to do it, you can't stop it. I mm-hmm. still think that that's so invaluable in today's NFL. I mean, Mahomes is going to throw to Kelsey. You you know that's coming. You can't stop it because we're just that good at it. Can the Steelers get to that point with their running offense where you know it's coming, you're great at stopping the run, you can't really stop it because that's just what our bread and butter is. Huge, huge measuring stick for them in this game, and – I got to be honest with you, I'm a little nervous about how Ooh. it's going to play out for them because this is a stout run defense, and I could see a lot of Najee banging his head into the wall, running two yards right into the the pile all game long. And on top of that, Kenny going down, or maybe Kenny being forced into some um, broken pockets, and maybe that leads to some um, unforced errors or unforced turnovers, which would really be the the kind of undoing of this offense or, and probably prevent this team from winning this game. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my day. (laughs) That being said, I still want to pass the ball. I I still think that you can get some air yardage against this Ravens team, and they could be vulnerable through some creativity uh, in the air. Roquan Smith is a great off-the-ball linebacker. Patrick Queen has been playing really well this year, and I think been playing better since Roquan's come in and taken a little bit of work off of his plate. Pat Frymouth is the leading receiver for your Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Mm-hmm. The Steelers are one of only three teams that have a tight end leading them in receiving. The other one is on the other sideline in this game, the Ravens yeah. with Mark Andrews, and then, of course, Kelsey leads the Chiefs. So, I mean, as far as tight ends are concerned, I think you've got a big three right there. Kelsey and Andrews are, of course, up above in a tier on their own. And then Pat might be getting ready to claim that three, four, five spot. I think as he far is. as the tight end is concerned, his numbers in the season that he's having is bearing that out. It'll be interesting to see again. They're going to try to take him away. They're going to have good guys on him. Can you creatively get him open? Can you get him the ball? Because that's another area where it's like, yeah, you're good inside linebacker, off ball linebacker. Roquan Smith is great in coverage, but Pat's a great tight end. We're not just going to ignore a great tight end because you're great at that area, too. It's the same thing with the running attack. So I'm interested to see if if Pat gets his in this game because that dude, I think, is really primed to just bust out and, and, and really establish himself as the elite tight ends. Among them. Among yeah. them. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. It's just going to take some time. And I don't know if it's going to be this game. Do you? Is that is that where you're leading? I don't know if it'll be this game because of how good the Ravens are, but I'm saying don't ignore the guy because of how good the Ravens no. are. I still want to see him get like eight, nine targets. I think someone, I think it was Williamson who pointed out that he was only on the field for like 75%, if that, uh, 75% of the offensive plays against uh, Atlanta last week. And Matt was like, how is that po- How is that allowed? This guy's a playmaker. This guy is, is a go-to target for your quarterback. Why is he only on the field for three quarters? Of, of potential plays. He should be out there 100% of the time, almost as much as Kelsey and Andrews. And I think you're starting if, to see not, that If now. not at the exact same rate. And you're starting to see that now more with him. Right, so. but it was just, especially against Atlanta, right, when they have such a vulnerable pass attack, why was Pat not out there for more than 75% of the plays? Before you get to can't the de- be over, can't be overthinking things like that. Before we get to the defense, you know, you know who's been more involved in the offense this year? Who that? Derek Watt. Derek Watt. Derek Watt gets one yard you see, whenever you need him. You yeah. know, I think the Steelers have gone with Derek Watt on four tries on third and one. He's gotten all, all of them. them. He gets the every time you need a yard, he gets you the yard, and he's also out there a lot more as far as cleaning, clearing the way, and creating lanes for Najee and the, the running backs in the running game. So it's nice to see someone that you've paid a lot of money, quite frankly, overpaid to be mm-hmm. here, actually being utilized in that fullback role. Earning some of that money. Earning some of that money, not just by being a special teams all-star. So, again, that's nothing to say. I'm not trying to say, like, oh, Derek, watch your X-Factor in this game. Guy's got a touchdown this year. And he does. And he gets the yard when you need him to get the yard. So I think that's a little added wrinkle that you haven't had in years past where Kenny's great at quarterback sneaks. 
you don't have to absolutely do it all the time. You can just hand it off to number 44, and he's just going to plow his way forward for that big yard. So mm. nice to see them utilize him a little bit more. Again, he's not a use chick, though. He's not going to be that kind of X-factor type of fullback, H-back player. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, you know how to beat the Ravens. If they can run on you, they're going to have a lot of success. They love the read option. And one thing that the Steelers do so well against Lamar, the Ravens' offense— It'll be the same kind of offense with Tyler Huntley is on those read option plays. Even when Lamar hands it off to the running back, Watt is burying Lamar. Mm -hmm. Hayward is burying Lamar. Highsmith is burying Lamar. If you're going to make your quarterback a runner and run the read option, the defense has to take advantage of that and hit him like a running back. And the Steelers do that so well against this team where even when Lamar's not carrying the football, he's getting punished because he's involved in the the read option and he is a quote-unquote runner as far as the rules are concerned. So the more they bury Huntley, the more they make his life uncomfortable in those read options, the better. And unlike Lamar, any quarterback gets hit a lot, they're going to start to have shaky confidence. I think it's that times ten when it comes to a guy like Tyler Huntley. You know, he ain't Lamar. He doesn't have the pedigree. He's going to see number ninety. He's going to get. He might right. fumble a handoff. Maybe he might. He might make the wrong read because he's so used to ninety just drilling him in the chest every time he doesn't even have the ball. Right. I think. I mean, with T.J. Watt dealing coming back from his pec injury and dealing with lingering rib injuries or chest injuries, a random knee injury that he had against was it the Colts or the Falcons? One of the two. Even with those being possible factors in this game for TJ, TJ's going to be able to outsmart Tyler Huntley. Mm. And I th- and he might need those smarts more than ever now because the physical nature of TJ's game is lacking due to the injuries. So the mental part might need to take a little step forward. So it's not going to be as simple, and this is not a slight on TJ, it's not going to be as simple as just getting to Tyler Huntley, taking him down three times. I think TJ is going to be able to disrupt that Ravens offense by doing more than just sacking the quarterback. Another- playing, playing, playing defensively minded or, or, or solid minded at the offensive or at the line of scrimmage, right? Batting passes down, maybe getting another inter- a wild interception like that, or tackles for loss. Just being able to make that right, that correct read on a play. And slow down that Ravens offense. Another thing that I'd keep an eye on, too, is don't fall asleep in coverage. Yes, mm. they are boring. There's mm-hmm. no wide receiver out there that makes you scared. Devin DuVernay, uh, Deshaun Jackson is their third option right now off the street. Deshaun Jackson had what was almost a, a game-sealing catch and run for the against for the Ravens against the Jaguars a couple of weeks ago. don't fall asleep. You, yeah. You... you you can't focus on their run defense or their run offense and say, you know what, there's no playmaker in the receiving room that we don't have to worry about. That's true, but you still have to worry about it. You still have to be on your P's and Q's. So I think that more than ever, no busts in coverage, communication in the secondary is massively important because I think that's the best way for the Ravens to get a deep play on the passing game is a bust in coverage from the Steelers. Duvernay's not going to Juke Mink out of his shoes, you, yeah. speed pass Levi Wallace. Like it's, it ain't gonna happen. Uh, I want the communication to be tight in that secondary, and I want these guys to uh, not fall asleep at all. Just, just stay positional. I think it's like playing Navy football. 
in college. Uh-huh. Being positionally sound and doing your job is more important than ever when you play an offense like the Ravens. But you've said it yourself too, Tom. I don't know if Tyler Huntley is the guy to really take advantage of broken coverages or or, or defenders who are blitzing and leaving a guy open. I don't know if he's capable of taking advantage of those kind of opportunities. No. Any quarterback can see a guy wide open, though, running yeah. the field and, and launch it. But will the pressure be in his face before he sees that guy wide open? Will the pressure that he's been facing all game long hopefully be in his head and maybe give him some happy feet, maybe have him overthrow a receiver that's open? Yeah, that could absolutely happen. Because, again, you're experiencing a massive drop-off between the the quarterback play of Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley, in my mind. Similar styles, but they aren't anywhere close to the same type of player. Uh, And the Steelers are getting a, a benefit of that. Another thing that I think is huge in this game for the Steelers, tackle. You can't miss tackles. Uh-huh. Tyler Huntley loves throwing the ball at the line of scrimmage or just a couple yards beyond the line of scrimmage. It's clear that their passing game with him is predicated on the yards after the catch. Make sure that they are getting tackled at the spot of the catch because that's where I think they can get you on big plays where Huntley can have a 56-yard pass play, but in reality, he only threw the ball two yards, mm-hmm. and it was the receiver that made a guy miss and then took off down the field. And it's the same thing in the running game. If you're not going to be sound on your tackles in that running attack, they're going to break off a big play every now and again. So I think tackling is a huge key, obviously, in every game, but especially in this one where you're going to see a lot of screens to wide receivers at the line of scrimmage, and they're going to try to set people up on the outside in the space to make one man miss and get 15 yards. Right. You you pointed out that Tyler Huntley throws more horizontally, far more, than uh, Lamar Jackson ever does. And that's not necessarily going to be easy tackling just because, as you said, doing so kind of allows the rest of the team to gather in front of the receiver. So, yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. Injury problem-wise for the Ravens on that offensive side of the ball, nothing really of note other than Lamar Jackson. So it should be pretty much all hands on deck for them except for Lamar. He didn't practice again today. He's not going to practice. It's, it's gamesmanship with the Ravens and how they're handling Yeah, they're he just trying out, to keep the Steelers on the their week. toes yeah, kind of thing. He ain't playing this week. Uh, defensively, the big one is Patrick Queen with a thigh injury. He left the game last week and didn't return. I think he's going to play this week, though. Did he he's, get carted off last he did, week, too? But a bruised thigh, yeah, that's not, that's going to hurt to play with, but I think he'll tough it out. He's okay. been limited in both days of practice this week with that thigh injury. Uh, and everybody else that hasn't been practicing has been all rest-related, really. For the Ravens, on the Steelers' side of things, Watt was limited on Wednesday. He didn't practice yesterday with that rib injury, but I think that's just you know maintenance. He's going to end up playing. He seems to be determined to play through that injury. Uh, Deontay the same way. Hip injury was limited. Now he didn't practice on Thursday. And Joby hasn't practiced all week with his toe injury. Uh, I would be pretty shocked if any of those three didn't go in this game. Uh, Lario, TJ, or Deontay Johnson. I just I think that they're maybe being a little precautionary with them as they work their way through this week. And I think that they just want them to be as fresh as they possibly can uh, on Sunday during the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with the decision either. I mean, they're all super important pieces. I mean, TJ most of all, but Deontay for the offense. I mean, we just talked about how last week Deontay got all those looks because George Pickens was getting more attention. You take away Deont, you take Deontay out of the 
equation, George Pickens is going to get all the coverage, and it's going to be a lot easier for a defense to plan around that. And then with Larry O, too. I mean, this guy, I think, really, I, I, it's hard to say he's underrated because I know he's getting a lot of praise, but his role on this team is so vital to the job that they're doing up front uh, against the run, against just the trench battle is something that, or the battle in the trenches is something that Mike Tomlin always puts a focus on. And I think Larry O has been maybe just given um, Cam's season, even though it's not, even though it's not a bad season, it's not a typical Cam Hayward statistical season. And with TJ Watt's injury, I can make the argument that Larry O has been the biggest or most important piece to that to that front seven. I think he's the reason why the run defense has yeah, massively improved. Right, not the reason, but a big reason. A huge reason. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I love what Larry O's brought to the table. What a lucky circumstance that was with him not getting signed by the Bears because of the injury and the Steelers sliding right in there. Steelers now, really just taking advantage of the Bears' mistakes <laughs> this year, huh? Now I just think you got to sign this guy again. And yeah, he, I agree. He's got to be an anchor for your defensive tackle position for I, a couple years to come. We've said it before. He is the transition piece, right? Cam Hayward will retire eventually, probably soon. But you keep Larry O around to build around him. Make him the future of your defensive line. One last thing defensively that you have to be worried about in this game is Mark Andrews. Uh, we mentioned he leads the team in receiving yardage. He's outside of Lamar Jackson, their best weapon. And Lamar loves to throw to Mark Andrews. Well, Tyler Huntley loves throwing to Mark Andrews that much more. So and that's he's, probably he's a safety just because, blanket. That's probably just because, you know, Tyler Huntley is not as confident as Lamar, you know, throwing the ball deeper beyond – the field of range where Mark Andrews is usually waiting for the ball to come to him. Absolutely. So I'm interested to see what the Steelers do in this game. I would see, or I could see them going with Minka covering Mark Andrews since you have KZ. I was to just play going center to, field. I was just going to ask Tom: Is Andrews Minka's guy this weekend? I wouldn't be surprised. And I think that's probably the way I'd deploy it. Maybe not every down. Maybe there's a time where Jack has to cover him for a possession. Maybe there's a time where Edmonds mm-hmm. ends up on him. But for the most part, I think that you get KZ to now when you're playing a Kelsey, when you're playing a Andrews, you can have Minka kind of just be his guy for the majority of the game. So mm-hmm. that's what I would do defensively. I would put Minka on Andrews as much as I possibly can because you're – able to do that now. Yes. KZ, KZ can fill there. the Minka role mm-hmm. in the center field spot. No, I mean, that's that's a huge reason why you brought in KZ, is to allow Minka to play a tr- as a true free safety. And it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be needed, too, when you have a guy who's so obviously target number one in Mark Andrews. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And again, like, I, I completely, it's not like he follows Mark all around the field. No, but and I completely trust, especially after the fa- past couple of weeks, the performance by Camps, the performance is by Camp Sun and Levi Wallace to just be the, if, even if they go zone, but especially if they go man, just to be on the the Baltimore receivers and, and not it, have to rely on Mika to be the safety net. And they get torched by legit receivers. Elite receivers really have their way with the Steelers' secondary. I mean, you remember T. Higgins in the game that the Bengals played, and then the first game the Bengals Hard played to forget. Chase. I mean, Hard to forget. So they haven't played the elite of the elite lately, but they did good a job against the Colts and the Falcons, and I'll take Michael Pittman Jr. I'll take Drake London over anybody on the Ravens roster Absolutely. as far as the receivers concerned. So. Absolutely, without a question. I mean, we're talking—we keep mentioning Devin DuVernay. 
Do me the favor, Tom, and name me one other receiver off the top of your head on that team. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Uh, that's only because we know that name. And it's not the Deshaun Jackson that was playing in Philly. The next receiver that's at the front of my mind is Rashad Bateman, and he's hurt. He's hurt. He's always hurt. Right? So give me one more other than D. Jackson and DuVernay. Because I can, I am. As I stall here, <laughs> pull up the depth chart. Ah, Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus of course, Robinson. Of I knew who's that. Who's only having his name be mentioned because there's nobody else to throw the ball to on that team. There's so few options. There's no fear struck in your heart when it no. looks, when it comes to that Ravens receiving core. Uh, Justin Tucker. That's their biggest weapon. That's too. it. That's, that's it, somebody right? that you got. That just, I just, with Lamar, out, I knew I wanted to say something else before he wrapped up, and that's what it was. It's, with, he's he's such a weapon. He's the second leading scorer in the NFL this year, and I thought he was going to make that sixty-seven yard field goal to beat the Jaguars in that game earlier. So that's how good that guy is. Like anybody else rolls out a sixty-seven yard field goal, you're like. What an idiot coach. He ain't going to make this. Oh, my god! I thought it was going to go in. I thought Justin it was going in. Until I saw that it was short, I thought it was going in. And I wouldn't have been surprised if it did. And I was trying to say this earlier. With Lamar Jackson out, without a doubt, Justin Tucker is the best player they have on their team. <laughs> right? It's it's like a toss-up between Lamar and, and Tucker. But with Lamar out, it's just Tucker. I mean, Andrews is probably third. But... Right now, I mean, you think Tucker is better at his job than Andrews is his. I know Williamson, I'll tell you this. Williamson brings up this point a lot. He thinks there is no bigger disparity between the best player at their position of all time and the number two guy than there is between Tucker and whoever is the second best no, kicker no, no, of no, all no, time. No, 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 You got that wrong. He thinks there's no bigger disparity between Jerry Rice and receivers, but the second. No, one, I think he's no, 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 no. I'll no, ask him. No, I'm gonna, no, I'll I'm gonna, ask him. I'm going to see no, him right after this. Him. No, I'm going to ask him. I I'm pretty sure he switched his answer. I will say this to though. Justin Tucker. I think the guy who's most Hall of Fame worthy right now on that team is Justin, is Tucker. Justin Tucker, and I think he should get into the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest kicker to ever live, and it's by a wide margin. Check out the Steelers Week in Review. It's hosted by Wesley Euler, and it's a recap of previous games as well as a look at the Steelers' next opponent. New episodes will drop every Tuesday, and it's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll light that fireplace, have a fireside Friday, talk some NFL, talk some Baker Mayfield, baby. Oof. That's all. What do you mean? Oof, he's back. I mean, yeah, he got the win. That's all on the way next as we wrap things up here on our Friday edition of the Steelers Standard. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 